everyone. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to the mess of our lives. <laughs> so it's not as late as last week. We recorded a little too late last week yes. because I had a walk up, walk up pop. It is a little earlier today. So we're, yeah, we're a little more on top of our shit. Yeah. So yeah, we're in week eight. We just talked about this and I forgot. We're in week eight. I wasn't sure if you were going from quarantine or just Oh no, regular podcasting. Still in quarantine. Nevada is in phase one. It's gonna be in phase two at the beginning of June. Hmm. We'll see. They say they're gonna be in. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Yeah. I'm a pessimist, so I believe <laughs> that we will hit a second wave real fucking fast. I say, there's no pessimism about hitting a second wave. Bum, We're bum, gonna bum. hit a second wave. Let's just see when it happens. Who is so. here to stay inside until your birthday? <laughs> I know, right? Excuse but me. Uh, we have a few things we want to do. There's a drive-in movie theater yeah, here. So I'm really excited about We're the probably going to do that. Together. We have some plans really for Memorial excited. Day. Yeah, they're pretty silly, yeah. but that's So, you know, some things have reopened, some coffee shops, so we're probably yeah. going to go to a few of those just to support them. and we'll then, Do some takeout. Yeah, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. Keep our masks on, quickly grab stuff, and then yeah. and then. Try to amp up the economy for the people we like instead of the people we hate. Exactly. So, you know, do your part, wear your masks, wash your hands. So, yeah. Stay home when you can. Stay home if you can. Episode eight. Eight. We're in episode eight. It's weird. Eight. It's not that weird. Not that weird. It isn't. Martha was like, is that really weird? I was like, no. No. (laughs) I was like, no. Also, shut the fuck up. Why are you like this? (laughs) So, yeah. I feel like we could rant. I really want to talk about Defending Jacob, but I know this has nothing to do with anything, but no one's watching it. If you're watching Defending Jacob, please hit us up. Please hit us up because <laughs> no one's watching it. And What's I our email really, again? But first, let's talk nerdy at yahoo.com. Is that the one? <laughs> <laughs> also, you can hit us up on Instagram. Yes. Just. I need to talk to someone about it other than Martha. We already have. <laughs> We've already <laughs> talked about it while we're watching it. I was going to say the shittiest sounding room ever because I'm just saying the same thing that you're saying. And then we'll just yell it <laughs> Yell together. about it. If we're both yelling the same thing, then maybe things will change. And uh, look, the last episode comes out next Friday. And you get a seven-day free trial at Apple TV. So you might as well just do the seven-day free trial, watch all eight episodes, and then talk to me about it. (laughs) And it's already going to be all aired by the time this episode comes out anyways, because this episode is a couple weeks away. Please someone talk to me about Defending Jacob. I'm real stressed out about it. And that's the news. So anyways... I'm Brittany Vitrino. I'm Martha Bartlett. And this is But But First, first, Let's let's Talk talk Nerdy. nerdy. Clink. We just have cans today. White cloth, so there's no exciting noise. All right, you're first today. I am first today. All right, so today I am going to talk about Cersei Lannister. Oh, God. I fucking know. Fucking night. I'm sorry. Where I'm going to get even more angry and I already worked myself up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Defending you Jacob. Know, this is, it's, it's how things are. And also I'm going to talk about how the patriarchy in Westeros formed a lot of how she is. All right. Is this why you asked me if I was worried about any spoilers? Yep. I mean, a little. 
And I've, I've ranted to you about so many dumb things that I'm like, this is barely a spoiler, but also <laughs> this stuff. It will be important later and <laughs> I have to yell about it. So my references today, uh, I used some stuff from a wiki of ice and fire, which is really in depth and awesome. An article called As Bad as She Wants to Be, Cersei and Female Power in Game of Thrones by Tyrese Coleman. Um, a forum of ice and fire, because I borrowed some more well-worded opinions on there. And then also the books, obviously. First of all, uh, this is me acknowledging that I'm doing stuff about the patriarchy again, and it's been like a week and a half, and I didn't <laughs> realize it had been so close to the last one. I was like, oh, well, I'm doing a book this time. It's different. And then I was like, oh. Mm-hmm. But it's still sort of the same topic. <sighs> yeah. So, um, yes, that's that. I keep running into that with conspiracy theories. I keep <laughs> like, all my things on video games are Why is everything MKUltra? What the fuck? Okay, anyways. <laughs> but yeah, so I just wanted to talk about Cersei, and you can't really talk about Cersei in any great depth without talking about the society that created her, so that's where we're at. And second, this is just me saying that just because Cersei is affected by the patriarchy doesn't mean that anything that she does is excusable. Which, obviously, but I don't want anybody being like, you like Cersei! It's like, yes, but also she's a thousand percent (laughs) a monster. She is... A yeah. monster. She's even more monstrous than some of the patriarchies. Yeah. This just, like, particularly means that her brand of monster comes from this. This is, like, Westeros and the patriarchy and her dad, who is just another reinforcement of the patriarchy within Westeros. Help me, I cannot stop saying patriarchy. <laughs> I literally wrote that in my notes because I couldn't, and it was the worst. Um, But yeah, so obviously I'm not going to excuse anything that Cersei does because she's the worst and kind of a monster. And other female characters within the narrative show that this isn't the only way that she could have changed things. Instead, she just wanted to be in charge. So anyway, Westeros is where Cersei lives. And so Westeros is a typical patriarchy with a few small exceptions. So there's a king and a queen, but the queen is there to bear children and support the king. Exactly. Um, Women cannot have power. They're not taught to fight. Even when things are going well um, and there isn't a huge political unrest, it's not safe to be a woman in Westeros. Um, Women in power are taught to be perfect ladies, to be desirable, to be quiet, and to be delicate. And you can see what Westeros wants um, when you read about Sansa and how she fits within what they're trying to mold her to. And a pause you briefly. Yeah. I almost did Anne Boleyn this weekend. <sighs> Shit. I didn't, but that would have been weird and that funny. That would have been so fucking I funny. I know. I oh know. My God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. I, I just thought it was funny. because no, no worries. <laughs> we almost did real life version over here. <laughs> We're just hopping over to like... Real life life version. The old-timey shit. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, and Westeros is basically, like, old-timey shit, but they just turned it up a little bit. (laughs) They turned it to 12. (laughs) Yeah. Like, we'll just just turn the dial a little bit more, and it's already at fucking 10, because it's not like (laughs) old-timey shit was anything that anybody could live with or deal with. No. Ew. Gross. But yeah, so basically, Sansa shows, uh, as you're reading A Song of Ice and Fire, 
how Westeros wants a, a woman in power to behave. And, you know, she's young, and she doesn't know about any of it being bullshit. But yeah, her embroidery is perfect. She's delicate. She's, like, turning up her nose at Arya, who's fighting and being a mess. Uh, she wants to be queen, and she wants to be queen to a dashing prince, and she wants to have kids and stuff like that. Ew. All of the stuff, uh, that's what they're taught to aspire to. But uh, Cersei had a taste of what the other side has, a freedom that she could have had if she wasn't a woman, and um, the things that she could have been good at. And I think that is one of the things that really forms her as a person. So Cersei is born to Joanna and Tywin Lannister. Yeah. Yes. Uh, she is the eldest of the family, so she's the older of the two twins. And then later, Tyrion comes, like, six years later. When she and Jamie are growing up, sometimes they switch places because they look similar enough and they can still get away with it. I love Jamie. Yeah. Jamie is... He's a hot mess, but... great. He, he's him. a huge, huge mess. <laughs> she starts to go through puberty and she notices how men stare, and this is a quote from the book, because I was so beautiful, they said. But Jamie was beautiful as well, and they never looked at him that way. When she was, he was a dude. Yep. When she was small, she would sometimes don her brother's clothing as a lark. She was always startled by how differently men treated her when they thought she was Jamie. Sometimes she wears Jamie's clothes, sometimes she takes lessons from the Master at Arms instead of him, and nobody realizes. And this is when they're probably like six or seven. And they used to play down with the caged lions, and Cersei was always like more brave than Jamie. She would be more reckless than him she would go further when it was something like spooky and stupid to do like touching your grandfather's lions why but also i would be there in a second so you know that's don't touch lions i know in your brain all you ever think about is the lion with and I- yes. <laughs> <laughs> what was that lion's name christian the christian lion, lion! But that's not how most lions will react to you. They will eat your hand. I know, I know, I know. But also, like, you know, I've got to die somehow, so I might as well just get eaten by a lion. No, you have to die in your apartment so Luna can eat you. She can come. No. They, no, she would get eaten. She would go first because she's, she's all fat. Oh. <laughs> Uh, where that's a very good fucking question. Okay, so she's touching lions even she's though she shouldn't. And Jamie's a pussy. And Jamie's a pussy comparatively. <laughs> and then so at, Jamie's like, I like all of my fucking phalanges I would and like extremities. My, yeah, I, I need all of these fingers <laughs> for the future. And then it's like, just we have a because you lose half of them. Um, spoilers for Game of Thrones, just so you guys know. <laughs> So Tywin starts telling her at basically like six or seven that he's working to betroth her to Rhaegar Targaryen for the crown. So basically he's like, okay, this is your value. This is where I care about you. This is why you matter. Jamie's going to be this. You're going to be that. And what you're going to be is somebody who I marry to somebody so that we can get more power within our family, which, ugh. 
That's um, Yeah, at that yes. age, she's, I mean, oh, she's six or seven, so she's kind of hyped about it. He's a cute boy who plays music, and he has a fucking dragon, so, I mean, at six or seven, <laughs> I would have been incredibly <laughs> hyped about it. It's true. And he's going to be king, so it's not the f- worst fate for a girl who probably grew up wanting to be a princess and was being bred for power. Was being bred to be a princess? Yep. Then Rhaegar gets betrothed to Elia Martell. And then it's like, well, that didn't work out, did it? So, sorry, Cersei. Which one are the Martells? The Martellers are in Dorne. Okay. Yeah. There's so many names. And I just need like a little bit of... No worries. (laughs) She's uh, Oberyn's older sister. Okay. Okay. Uh, So she marries Rhaegar. So following that announcement... Cersei brings two of her friends to this woods witch named Maggie the Frog, and she gets a prophecy about herself, and Maggie says correctly, she predicts, that Cersei's marriage to the king, how it will be, and then she says the amount of children that they'll both have. So you'll have three, he'll have ten or something ridiculous like that, Um, and then you will outlive all of your children who will die as kings and queens, and after that, Everything will be taken away by a younger, more beautiful queen. And then the Valankar, which is some Dothraki word for brother, will end your life. So her friends who she brought with her are like, ooh. And she's like, well, I don't want any of that to become true. So and then all of a sudden her friend dies. And it's like, oh, because yeah. I didn't want anybody to fucking talk about this shit, so got somebody to poison you. <laughs> you know, after all of that goes down, Cersei learns that when Rhaegar was being betrothed to Elia, Tywin was like, fine, then will you accept a betrothal to Cersei for King Aerys too of Targaryen? He's the crazy one, isn't He's he? He's the crazy one. And, like, basically, he refused her as a bride, thank fuck because she's like 10 maybe 11 at this point and tywin has been eris's hand for a while so he knows that he's a fucking monster and a half Mm -hmm. he's like i'll still sell you to him so that we can get some sort of power gross 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 he's probably so pumped when his wife had twins and one was a boy and one was a girl it's like i get to he's like i get the boy that i want and then i can sell her off to get more power exactly and then Ew. she ruined everything for him with Jamie, but that's fine. <laughs> we'll look into that in a second. Uh, Tywin brings her to court at 12 so that she can be available just in case uh, Elia dies in childbirth and Rhaegar needs a different wife. Or there's some other Targaryen who's available. Viserys, who was literally just born like mm, two or three years ago. He's like, well, we could wait. We could wait for Viserys. And then so at 15, Jamie's trying to be a knight and she convinces him to join the Kingsguard to be close to her because he's, she's like, mm, dad's trying to marry you to Lysa Tully, who is A, gross as fuck, yes. and B, not me. They're already involved at this time. Heads up, if you don't know anything about Game of Thrones, I didn't announce this beforehand, but Jamie and Cersei fuck. Incest. It's... I don't know. I feel like that's like the main plot of <laughs> Game of Thrones. It's a big, it's a huge part of the story, yeah, and it's like so revealed in you, the first yeah, episode. The legit. 
But yeah, so Jamie's trying to be a knight. She's like, you should join the Kingsguard so you can be close to me. Since I'll probably be somehow marrying into this family here. And then uh, the whole thing doesn't work because Tywin is like, mm, you can't steal both of my children. So he takes Cersei and they go back to Lannisport and they don't get to hang out. Which, I mean, it wasn't a And bad by hang plan. out, you just mean bang. Fuck. Bang. <laughs> <laughs> And then, so, Robert's Rebellion happens, blah, 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 all the Targs die, everything's terrible. Um, the Targs. <laughs> I literally have been calling them Targs for so many years. Years and years and years. <laughs> it's just quicker. She is married to Robert when she is 18. And she is not super sold on it. She has sex with Jamie that morning, the morning of their wedding. But during What a bitch. <laughs> but during their wedding and, like, things like that, she's enjoying being queen she's enjoying being loved she doesn't hate robert yet and it could have gone in an okay direction and then robert called her liana on their wedding night yeah that's a bummer yeah it is so their marriage went down the fucking tubes cersei has jamie's three kids and she gets pregnant with one of robert's children at one point and aborts it as soon as possible because she's like ew gross i hate you so much during some of the early years in their marriage robert quote unquote claimed his rights during his drinking which led to him hurting cersei and basically raping her Mm -hmm. um yeah robert's a fucking piece of shit and then once during their like first year of marriage she confronts him about it and he's like oh no it's because i was drunk and that's not that's not me I'm not to blame. And then um, he tries to take another horn of ale and she smashes the horn in his face and chips his tooth. And, you know, after that, things stop being quite so violent. But also they, like, basically never have sex, which, you know, probably for the best. Did she have to go, like, fake have sex with him when she got pregnant? Yes. And she was like, oh, no, I think I'm pregnant. I have to go do my I'll husband. just hop on you while you're, like, drunk and you won't <laughs> notice anything because you're stupid. Yeah. You won't notice that all my children are beautiful and blonde <laughs> and blue-eyed. Do, do, do. Nothing like you, and those are all the recessive traits. Yep. <laughs> so they have um, their three kids, and Joffrey is gross and horrible and the worst. And Indeed. they can kind of figure out already that he's a monster as a child because he's... Is he the oldest? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Joffrey's gross and weird, and Robert's like, maybe I should bring one of my bastards in. And then Cersei's like, mm, I think that King's Landing is a really dangerous place to grow up, don't you? And he hits her for it, but they don't bring her to court, and all of his bastards are kept out of sight after that. And if they aren't, Cersei has them killed. I remember that in the first book. Yes. So at this point in her life, Cersei is pretty powerless. She is the queen. But I was going to say, she like had to make those threats because yeah. otherwise they were... Her only she was gonna like, path to power is through her children because Robert is still alive. So she has to wait until he's dead and then rule through them. That's the only way that she could ever be queen, and that's what she wants more than anything. And she's also like... And honestly, at this point, to fucking survive. Yeah. Like, it's a survival game for her every day. Mm -hmm. She's the one who coins the quote, in the Game of Thrones, you win or die. And I would say that she 100% lives to that every day of her life. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't go super well for her. (laughs) No. (laughs) 
But yeah, so whenever she can assert any sort of power, she leans in too much, especially when it comes into her children. So like having Lady killed or where I stopped. Yeah, it's where I stopped watching a lot of basically anytime anybody tries to threaten even remotely or Joffrey just says they try to threaten him. She leans in and she like fucking brutalizes them. But she's also she's trapped. Yes. Question. Not question. Answer. Comment. Comment. Did you know? I didn't. That Sansa, the girl who played her, Mm -hmm. whatever her name is, Sophie something, whatever. Um, (laughs) I don't know her name. After Lady, the dog they got to play Lady, after Lady was killed and they were just going to adopt her out, they were going to find if and Sansa's family adopted her. <laughs> oh, oh, that makes me really happy. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so this is uh, more or less where the books start up. John Aaron teams up with Stannis and he's like, mm, it's kind of weird that all of the Baratheon heirs that Robert has had anywhere else look exactly like him but Cersei's children look exactly like her and her brother so fucking weird so but instead he just writes that dumb message about the seed is strong instead of writing hey Cersei's definitely fucking fucking her her brother and these kids are not in line for the throne at all which you know line for the throne is a fucking joke anyways so she has John poisoned, and then <laughs> Stannis nopes the fuck out of there like it's his job and gets back to Dragonstone, which is hysterical because it's good to know that even Stannis fears Cersei. She is a monster, so that's fair. And she's guarding the only piece of herself that she still has. With Robert on the throne, her only path to power, like I said, is through her children. And because she was raised so thoroughly within the patriarchy and by her father, who has lived within the Game of Thrones rules, she doesn't realize that things can be fixed or changed. It doesn't have to be just a world with kings. In Dorne, they already have equality for... Well, not equality. They already have... Inheritance can be passed to women and bastards. It's not just because of your gender or birth, you know? Like, they already can see that this is something that they can do. But because Cersei is so engendered within this, she can't see past it. Um, when Robert dies, which is, of course, due to Cersei, Joffrey takes the throne, which, yikes.com, Joffrey <laughs> is your worst child. Oh. Come on. I am just it's saying. It's true. It's true. Out of all three yeah. of them that you could have picked, that mm-hmm. that is that should have been option number last. Yeah. Third. There's three of them. <laughs> option number last is actually right. I would say let's have no king. Let's have a riot. There's a lot of different <laughs> options that are not Joffrey that would all be better. But yeah, so if we had just put Myrcella on the throne, this would have been a different story. It would have ended really she quickly. Was there are like only semi-normal... So Tommen is he was normal. He, well, he was young baby. and he was yeah, yeah. easily manipulated. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And well and he's even younger in the books, so thankfully they're not like fucking in the books because he's like maybe ten. Maybe. And he's like, Sir Pounce, my cat. Which is my favorite thing about him. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, one of Cersei's biggest flaws, like she could have just done with something with Joffrey, made him take the black, make him do anything. And then put Myrcella on the throne, but she can't see past the patriarchy. She wants power, but she can't or won't reinvent the wheel. She's so also she, obsessed with her children. And she's obsessed with her dad. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, um, so Jamie says at one point, his sister liked to think of herself as Lord Tywin with teats, but she was wrong. Their father had been as relentless and implacable as a glacier, but where Cersei was all wildfire, especially when thwarted. She had been as giddy as a maiden when she learned that Stannis had abandoned Dragonstone, certain that he had finally given up the fight and sailed away to exile. Basically, she's wrong, and then she's incredibly angry, she does not lack for wits, but she has no judgment and no patience, which is really right on <laughs> on the god I mean, damn money. Twins. Twins yeah. are weird. Mm-hmm. How many times are we going to have this conversation? Twins are weird. We could, whole, <laughs> we, we could have a whole episode about weird incestuous twins, which it's true. no thank you. <laughs> but we're going to pass We will that. not do, but we could because there's a lot of it. But yeah, so because of that, instead of her ruling in Joffrey's, like, she thinks that she has power behind Joffrey, and then she doesn't see how completely uncontrollable he is. Ned talks to her and is like, I know that your kids are all your kids and not Robert's kids. And then she's like, you know, you can't say these things. And also, you're a traitor. But she's like, we're going to have you take the black just so that they can keep as much peace as they can. Because at this point in the story she's not paranoid enough to just be killing stupidly and willy-nilly all over the place and then joffrey's like nope we're gonna cut off your head yeah, because joffrey's i a like violence moron. and i'm a fucking idiot literally if he did just send fucking ned to the black that whole it would have been a story would have been story. a completely different story they did still have sansa yes but but like, it wouldn't have been as much wrath well, on sansa the part of hated him no. much yeah like, it, everything would have been different if joffrey wasn't a fucking demon child bastard bitch but he's a monster so psychopath yes <laughs> my favorite um <laughs> It's after Joffrey dies that she starts to lose it. So she's 100% sure that Tyrion is responsible. And then when he does, you know, kill Tywin on the way out of town, after being let go by Jamie, she probably wasn't... On the toilet? Yes. Wasn't I saw that episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. That whole, like, does he shit gold? Turns out, No. <laughs> Um, but yeah, maybe she wasn't a hundred percent wrong to distrust Tyrion, but also like mm, you kind of made this situation. So at this point, her options to get power are marry off her daughter the same way as she was, which she's really not into. Tommen, who is a little kid and a dummy with some pets, like I said, Sir Pounce, or to marry someone again, which fuck, not gonna do that again. We've already been brutalized by one stupid man. So she puts Tommen on the throne and rules as queen regent and surrounds herself with yes-men and gets rid of people who have been against her, who have been trying to point her in maybe a sort of smarter direction. All the people who are around her are people who she's seduced or manipulated or paid to be around her. But the problem with those people is that they can be seduced or paid or manipulated elsewhere. other people. Mm Mm-hmm. Or you ally with the wrong people because you're like, this person is strong and I want somebody strong on my side. And you don't look at the fact that they are filled to the literal brim with flaws, which is what happened to Cersei when she put her trust in the church because she was like, maybe they'll take down Marjorie for me. Mistakes. Basically. Babe.com right there. 
For real. <laughs> she seduces somebody and then has him falsely confess to the High Sparrow, who is somebody who she put into power, that he had intercourse with Marjorie and some of her cousins and blah, 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 so that she'll get arrested. And then this High Sparrow beats the shit out of the guy that she slept with, and he's like, no, also I slept with Cersei! And everything decides to go downhill. Cersei's trying so hard, but also she's the only person who's allowing her to have power, and also no one is on her side. Because she's a monster. Because she did this to herself? Oh yeah, 100%. All of this is something that she did to herself. But yeah, so it comes out that she slept with some people and some stuff is in there. So they put her uncle Kevin, uh, Kevin with an A-N, Kevin. So. I hate that. <laughs> yeah, she. they put him as regent and they're like, please, somebody fucking do something with this. She has a new fleet that she just bought and they all leave. Where the fuck is Jamie right now? Jamie is off finding Brienne. So... They're going to put Cersei on trial, and she's accused of capital crimes. So Cersei's only hope lies in a Kingsguard champion to stand in for her in a trial by combat. So she sends a letter to Jamie, and it's like um, it's it's a plea for him to come back. Help me, help me, help me! I need you. I love you. You're the only one who can save me now. And then he takes that letter and burns it. Which, good for you, Jamie. Say, good for you, Jamie. She doesn't care about you. She only cares about herself. Um, before her trial, the High Sparrow and the Faith make her do that Walk of Atonement, which I'm sure you've heard about. The I saw shame, part of it. Shame, blah blah her blah. Head was shaved. Exactly. She saw it. Yeah, it's it's a like gross thing, and you know it's one of those things that they don't do to fucking dudes. No. Yeah, they just kill a dude. But if for yeah. a woman, they're like, you can yeah. walk through everybody naked so that everybody can see your shame and we will make you feel bad in the book though she gets through the whole thing and they um get her to her newest member of the king's guard sir robert strong which is probably a dead the mountain brought back but that was in the show i believe or at least almost Mm -hmm. dead the mountain yes and then so Cersei dines with Kevin, and then he's been trying to repair all the damage that she's done, and he has no news of Jamie. and Cersei's totally sure that he's safe because she would know if he was dead. Um, and that's basically where we're at. Weird twin thing. Yep. So right now she is in a cage of her own creation. She's awaiting a trial that she didn't plan for because she was hoping that it would happen to somebody else. And she was thinking that she was smart enough to get away with all of this. But more people are alive. (laughs) Yeah. And so, though Cersei struggles against the patriarchy for all of her life, she's very clearly not a feminist character, which, obviously, she is incredibly misogynistic if we're going to talk about it. Uh, She's the woman who says, I struggle because I'm a woman, instead of all women struggle because of gender equality. Cersei's personal actions, as well as the fact that she is in opposition to some of the more sympathetic characters, we as readers gloss over the gender issues she faces, which doesn't mean that anything that she does is right for any of this. She's trying to gain power within the patriarchy, but she's not trying to change things. She's just trying to 
make things work for her and she doesn't really give a shit about anything yeah it's the same as there are plenty other female characters in the show that don't that are also that that have faced the same misogynistic shit that's going Mm -hmm. on in the patriarchy yeah but aren't fucking crazy like this so even though you have these circumstances it's not what's making you this crazy bitch that you are. No. It definitely is putting a specific opinion in your exactly. brain. It's making But there's, like I said, there's all these other amazing female characters in there that are handling it a lot better than you are. <laughs> Both uh, Sansa and Marjorie are very, like, clearly parallels to what Cersei could have been. been. Especially Marjorie, because you have Marjorie and Loras as, like, the two glorified. They kind of looked the same they're like the younger jamie and cersei but they're less stupid because they didn't have (laughs) their horrifying father they had elena the queen of thorns the queen of everything so they had a strong female in charge but this is not the reason behind everything this is your reasoning but also you didn't have to go this way if you had thought for like 45 seconds about the fact that we didn't have to exist within a patriarchy and that Westeros doesn't have to be like this, then we wouldn't have driven ourselves off of a cliff of madness and poor planning and alcoholism and paranoia. So, yeah. It's true. So that is Cersei. Okay, so my turn. Yes. Today... I am doing, Mm -hmm. I feel like, kind of going with our whole quarantine and pandemic thing going on. Oh, no. I am (laughs) going to talk about the T-virus. Yeah! Resident Evil. Yeah! (laughs) I thought long and hard on what I wanted to do on Resident Evil, and I was like, what the fuck do I want to specifically talk Mm -hmm. about when it comes to this this video game? Because it's one of my favorites. It's one of my originals that I played, and... We're in a pandemic. Okay, so my um, sources are Gamer Rant. I read an article by Mika Shaparo, fandom.com, and then Wikipedia. All right, so the T-Virus is a fictional virus that's the cause for all those zombies and awful monsters in the uh, video game series Resident Evil. So Resident Evil, if you don't know, is a Japanese horror media franchise created by Shinji Mikami and Tokuro Fujiwara and owned by Capcom. You can always tell when you're an anime nerd because you can read Japanese names a lot easier than you can read anything else we try to read on this motherfucking podcast. Can we go back to those Russian names? Yeah, that's literally what I was thinking. (laughs) So the franchise's main thing is the survival horror video game. But it's also been made into live-action movies, animated movies, comic books, novels, which I have read. Cute. And I own a few of them. And uh, can be found on Sony, Nintendo, Sega, and Microsoft game systems. I think it might even be on PC, but I am not a PC gamer, so. So it doesn't matter. The first game was released March 22nd of 1996 on the Sony PlayStation. It ended up going on to sell over a million copies, and they only thought it was going to sell, like, 150,000 or something. <laughs> ah. Yeah, so it was, like, a huge deal. Turns out we were really thirsty yeah. for some horror shit. Yep, yep. And then the newest installment 
was released on April 3rd of 2020. So it just came out, which was the remake of the loved classic Resident Evil 3. Which yes. eventually we'll get in play when we can eventually get through the Resident Evil 2 We're remake. We're working on it. <laughs> Beth is really bad at horror games. Me? I'm playing them and she's screaming <laughs> at the fucking thunder that's happening in the background that's been happening the whole time. And then it makes me scream and have to put down the controller because I'm freaking out. I don't know what you're we talking about. We should try to play that. About. I'm a person who is really good with fear and has normal fear reactions. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Here we go. We're going. So the T-virus is the original virus we're introduced to in the very first Resident Evil. And it was created by a very large corporation called Umbrella. Umbrella, Umbrella Corporation. Founded by British royal descent, Oswell E. Spencer and Edward Ashford, along with Dr. James Marcus. Also, side note, the Ashfords in Code Veronica, the main two, are the children of, I believe, Edward Ashford, mm-hmm. Ashford, and they are twins, and they are crazy. <laughs> Another pair of crazy twins. Yeah. And um, Alfred, the boy, is definitely obsessed with his sister, and the sister just wants power. Mm. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. I'm just saying, if Alexi you're a, a twin, maybe eat your twin. <laughs> eat your twin in the room. The, the room. <laughs> the womb. Eat your twin in the room. <laughs> oh my god, I am a paragraph in here. <laughs> so many side notes. Okay, so it's portrayed in the series as a major international player in pharmaceutical goods and medical supplies, along with genetic engineering. The company also is presented of having a more public face, producing cosmetics, consumer products, and foods. This is all, of course, just a cover for their secret research of the bioorganic weapons, also known as BOWs or B-O-Ws. Developed... Through this use of a unique virus discovered by the company's founders. Ah. And if you couldn't guess it, this virus is the T-virus. The tyrant virus is its technical name, a.k.a. the T-virus. I don't think I ever knew that. So the T-virus is a powerful mutagen uh, that could dramatically alter living and seemingly recently dead organisms. The virus leaked and contaminated most of the Arkley faculty in its surrounding area, which is the setting of the stage for the first Resident Evil game. Then it ended up taking over to the, over the city, which led to most falling victim to the virus. And then the city ended up being blown up in order to contain it. Sweet. Yes. So that's like Resident Evil 2, Resident Evil 3. They kind of mesh together. Yeah. So Resident Evil 2 technically starts first. Then Resident Evil 3 happens in the middle of Resident Evil 2, and then Resident Evil 2 is when the city gets blown up. So it's kind of a weird timeline. It sounds pretty weird. Yeah, so they kind of crammed a video game in the middle of a video game they already (laughs) made. So let's try to break down the T-virus, going down to the very beginning and the start of it. So technically, it dates back to the 1800s. It starts with a rare flower, which was grown in a particular cave in Western Africa, known as the Stairway of the Sun. Most natives in the area who ate the plant were poisoned and then ended up dying. Mm. But among a few rare that survived, they gained supernatural strength and intelligence. So 
A small city ended up being formed in the caverns by those who survived after consuming the flour. But the city ultimately ended up falling and was because it ended up being overrun by the mutated animals that had also consumed the plants. Uh, and because of this, the city and the flowers were abandoned and then basically ended up just being closed off by all the surrounding locals being like, hey, don't, don't go, go there. there. Yes. <laughs> Me and Martha have become the same person. Yeah, quarantine has made happens. us merge. It's terrible. <laughs> In quarantine. When you only get to see one person for yeah. over two months. Turns out you are that person. <laughs> Brittany's just made up. I've been doing this podcast by myself <laughs> with two voices. It's really fucking creepy and weird. <laughs> the cat's also made up. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that's real is Spiegel. Spiegel! <laughs> okay. So it remained lost until 1966 when Umbrella's three founders, Oswell E. Spencer, Edward Ashford, and Dr. James Marcus, discovered and gained entry into the cave in their quest for a high-profit viral research. Words that should never go together. No, fuck that noise. Oswald is a rich person's name. That's the only thing I wanted to say. Yeah, it definitely is. And he is mm-hmm. rich. Yep. Oswell E. Spencer and Edward Ashford are definitely the money, and then Dr. James Marcus is the fucking scientist. <laughs> I think Luna just me out right into the microphone. <laughs> Sorry, our cat is so annoying. <laughs> By 1967, so that happened in 1966, mm-hmm. in 1967, Umbrella was formed, and they were able to create an early mother virus from the plant also known as the progenerator virus. So Oswell Spencer, along with Dr. James Marcus, took the creation of the virus in hopes of creating bioweapons for a war, which in turn led to the original T-virus being created. Now the T-virus, like most viruses, has different strains, and it also has mutated throughout the games. Mm -hmm. It has different colors. Right? No. Those are herbs. The herbs have different colors. Fuck! <laughs> oh no, you're right. That's, that's exactly what I was thinking of. <laughs> different types of T-virus. Different type of strains, like most viruses, because they mutate throughout the games. This is the reason why it has different effects on living organisms, and this is why the virus also has different effects depending on the DNA it's trying to alter. Ah. Yes. So the reason why there's different effects on, like, humans throughout it Mm -hmm. is usually because it's different strains of the virus, but the one virus can, you can see different effects depending on the DNA it's trying to alter. So Mm -hmm. So each virus has a couple different, like, weird, creepy. Yes, exactly. So it's like the regular T virus is going to affect humans differently than it's going to affect the dogs, which you do see in I know. Fucking hellhounds. Ooh, they're scary. They suck. We love I know. dogs. This yeah. is a dog pro podcast. This is a dog pro podcast. Okay, so the first strain of the T-virus we believe was created in 1978 when Marcus made a breakthrough in applying it to leech DNA. And we see these nasty little ass mutant leeches in Resident Evil Zero Ew. all over the fucking train that Rebecca and Billy find. Leeches are gross. Yeah, they're disgusting and they're awful. So this, like I said, basically means that we think that Marcus seemed to create the original T-virus strain and use it on these leech creatures. 
And it was the first concrete T-virus infected monstrosity that Umbrella created. But the most famous strain of the T-virus, the one that the game's known for, which is all the zombies, was created right around the same time that Marcus did these leech creatures in Uh, his T-virus. And that was created by Dr. William Birkin, who is a big one in Resident Evil 2. And he discovered that humans can turn into, quotations, zombies. Mm. This happens by combining the original T-virus strain with the elements of the Ebola virus. Oh, shit. Which created a newer T-virus strain. So... He was like, look at this. just worn your masks and washed your fucking hands. Mm -hmm. Oswell. Oh, I just spit all over my iPad and I lost my tab (laughs) in my fucking can. That was just a perfect storm of terrible. (laughs) Fuck. Don't drown on it. Or choke. That would be choke. Don't drown on the metal tab. (laughs) <laughs> All right, so Birkin created this, but Oswell Spencer wasn't impressed because about 10% of humans were immune to this T-virus strand that Birkin made, and Oswell wanted a weapon that could wipe out 100% of the population because we all know it's a really good idea to have that laying around in a lab. But also... Wouldn't that still wipe out 100% because the 90% of the people are just going to fucking kill the other 10%? You know, fucking bad at math. Sucks. Worse at math than I am. He's just the rich person. He's not the scientist. Ah, Remember that's that. That's the issue. <laughs> the only thing they can do is add <laughs> to their bank accounts exactly. only. You know it. <laughs> So instead of just scrapping it, though, Spencer ended up finding a solution in 1981 where you can bond a human egg with reptilian DNA and Birkin's T-virus strain, and this is how hunters were born. Oh. And basically they were like, okay, well, we can throw this virus on the population. 90% of them will die, and then we'll release a bunch of hunters, and they'll just kill the rest of the people. And hunters suck. Yeah. If you remember what they I are. Do. Yeah, they suck. But for our listeners, feel free to describe them. They're just like a reptilian monster. <laughs> they are. You they are definitely lizard like, yeah. but they are they stand on their legs and they have what looks like arms, so they're not on all fours with um just long claws and they run at you and they can do a lot of damage and they just try to fucking attack you and kill you. That's what they are. So but they do look like a humanized lizard, which is exactly what I just <laughs> read. So, you know, didn't fall far from the apple there, fucking Capcom. Anyways, This also led to the important discovery that the T-virus made the process of a genetic recombination between different species a simple and easy process. That sounds bad. Yeah. That sounds really bad. I just said, yay. That's exactly how I feel. Yes. Okay. So there are, like I said earlier, a bunch of strands that vary off from the T-virus. There's the T-Veronica virus. There's a G-virus, a C-virus, et cetera. I think it's Las Plagas in um, Resident Evil 4. Mm-hmm. They all come from this T-virus. And it's basically just mutating slash other scientists playing with that and adding and seeing what they can get from it. Like the G virus is what Birkin creates and what he ends up becoming in Resident Evil 2. T Veronica virus is from Resident Evil Code Code Veronica. Veronica. Yeah. So all that good stuff. 
But I don't want to get into those. I'm specifically sticking with the T virus, the original T virus. So let's talk. Let's talk. Exactly. Let's talk about some of the effects that it has. Yes. Okay. So like any other virus, the T virus makes contacts with the cell's membrane and it inserts their genetic code into the cell. The cell absorbs the viral genome into its own, which then hijacks the cell's intended functions, using them to produce virons similar to the original. With these new virons, they are released from the host cell and they infect the neighboring cells, which starts the process all over again until it takes over the host body. Apparently, that's how a virus works. I, was gonna say- I don't actually know how a virus works, but that's what's saying how a virus works. I like how you were like, like all other viruses, and I'm like, huh? <laughs> all I know about viruses is you that don't get them. COVID is a virus, yeah, and that antibiotics don't work, yeah, because they're not a virus. <laughs> we're good at this. We're scientists. But apparently, that's how viruses work, everyone. Dr. Brittany, how do viruses work? (laughs) I read one article about a fake virus. (laughs) So, different T-viruses can react in different ways to humans. In the beginning, the T-virus simply killed people, like when they ingested it back in the day. With the plant. But the independent accomplishments of Marcus and Spencer and then of Birkin led to the zombification of the tip, which is now the typical outcome of infection. Okay. I'm going to do a quick sidebar here that has to do with this. I tried to make sure I specifically found game stuff because sometimes I found things that related back to the movies and I don't like the movies and I think the movies are dumb and should not exist. (laughs) So I tried. So like the first part I started writing and I was like, I'm pretty sure this is all movie based. Mm -hmm. So I tried to make sure I found stuff that was more based on video game. So the typical outcome of the infection, the zombification, it is higher brain function among the infected almost seized entirely and zombies can only perform the minor tasks that we see them walking into walls and being like, I want to eat people. It should be noted that while zombification 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 (laughs) is like your zombie vacation. Getting the soaking in the sun. Um, I bet they don't have to worry about the coronavirus. They're just toasting in the sun. They're literally baking, like actually. They're literally, bacon. literally becoming meat that you can eat. Jerky. Oh, gross. <laughs> It should be noted that while zombification is known to result in brain damage and necrosis, the hosts are not, in fact, actually dead. Oh, no. As the T-virus is incapable of actually reanimating dead tissue. So, basically, everything ends up getting shut down because you're on the verge of dying. Your respiratory, your cardiovascular systems, your even brain dead. Mm. But it ends up infecting the people who are infected. It kind of clings on to them right before all their cells die and reanimates them. But almost every sign shows that they're dead in every other way. So unless you're like legit hooked up onto a bunch of machines, you would think they were dead if you were just like checking for a pulse. 
Fuck. Yes. I didn't realize that they were, like, sort of technically alive. Ye, sort of. Sort uh, of technically. Sort of. That's all I said. <laughs> sort of technically. And since a lot of the traits of zombies are decomposed skin and a lack of pulse, they're just mistaken as animated mm-hmm. corpses. In some of the viral strands, they are capable of this thing called the V-act process, which ends up having unconscious zombies mutate within an hour or so. So usually it takes a little while. People seem to die with the virus and then after a while they'll pop up. That's why sometimes they'll go through the game, they're fine, and then you go back into the room and they'll become Mm -hmm. a zombie. But when this V-act process happens, it tends to lead to more advanced creatures. There are ones such as the Crimson Heads, which I believe were introduced in Resident Evil 1, the remake, they develop razor-sharp claws, sharp canine teeth, and their hearts pump blood rapidly, so their body ends up having, like, a crimson hue to it. Ew, I hate that. Yes. There's also the liquors, which I hate Who doesn't love slash hate yep. the liquors? Um, those are humans whose skin have entirely rotted away, showing the Ugh. muscles. Their brains are exposed, and they have those powerful, long tongues. They're really scary. They're awful. I hate li- I can You can always hear a liquor. Yeah, oh, God. And I'm like, I hear it. I hear it. I hear it. And then I freak myself out and can't move from the spot I'm in. And me Martha's playing. crying next to me. <laughs> the realistic version. I am definitely not playing anything. I am backed into a corner. Somebody else is playing something. Yep. And I'm still screaming. <laughs> yep. And then there are even rarer cases where a human responds even differently to the T-virus infection and transforms them into a dominant mutant. These mutants are the result of unetic, unetic, unique genetic. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, unetic is going to be the name of my next robot son. Unetic factors, unique genetic factors. And people with this genetic quality were prized among Umbrella because they knew about it. And they were turned into the bioweapons known as the Tyrants. Remember that T-Virus mm-hmm. is Tyrus and Tyrants also suck. I bet. All right. How does one get infected by the T-Virus? Mm-hmm. I kind of felt like I was writing a Wikipedia or like an, a WebMD page as I was talking oh. about this. Me looking at WebMD, <laughs> so I haven't been feeling really good recently. <laughs> okay. The T-virus is capable of various methods in order to infect. Research files supplied at the Arkley Laboratory from Resident Evil 1 identify the viruses of being a protein structure. Take that as you will. I don't really know what that means. It's a protein shake they, they just injected <laughs> oh, to no. you. Gross. You think you're getting fit, and instead you're getting T-virus. I just wanted to get fit. (laughs) Like, you're a zombie now, so you are technically very fit, and you've lost a lot of weight. You have no skin. (laughs) All of your skin weight is totally gone. (laughs) Gross. Ew. Gross. Ew. Okay. So, method number one is injection. So, due to the importance in a bioweapons development, the direct injection of the virus into an organism body was considered Umbrella's primary source of a way to infect. Makes sense. Water is also a way. Arkley Dam at the, and the raccoon, which is Raccoon City, yep. uh, raccoon sewage treatment plant were contaminated by the virus leaking to the city's water supply, and it resulted in infecting all those citizens. That's real fucked up. Civilians. 
<laughs> I'd be screwed because I just drink tap water all the time. Yeah, no, we're poor. We drink tap water. <laughs> we drink ta- tap water tastes fine. Just it's put fine. fucking ice in it. <laughs> so the next one is direct fluidic transmission. Anyone attacked by an infected host in a close combat, if it gets they get bit, they get scratched, a gash or a stab can be affected if the virus is transferred into their bloodstream via contact with infected bodily fluids and tissue. Umbrella corpse believes this is a secondary mean of infection. It is not precise form of, of infection, however, because dry bites are possible. So technically, when a zombie is biting you, it doesn't technically have to infect you, but more than likely if it's biting you, there's some kind of bodily fluid happening. Uh, and if that's they break what's the infecting skin you. and get yes. their spit in you. Exactly. But that's why they're saying dry bites can happen. Yeah. So if they just bite you or they just scratch you, you and wipe their face their first. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Excuse <laughs> me. I need to sanitize jab, jab, your jab, mouth. Jab, jab, jab. <laughs> Lysol. <laughs> I wonder if Lysol uh, kills the tea virus. Because you're supposed to wear a fucking mask. <laughs> Gross. Which is the same as scratches. If something scratches you, which is technically, I guess, why you could say you go through the game and you just use herbs to heal your wounds and you're never infected unless Other it's part of unless it's heal your wounds. <laughs> right. Unless it's like part of the game because I guess like a liquor scratches you, then it's just a scratch if there's no bodily fluids. But then if it touches you, it gets its muscle scratches juice on you. Scratches you and then it like licks you. Ew. Uh, I said muscle juice. Lick is better. <laughs> <laughs> muscle juice is the worst. Excuse me. And then the last one is airborne. So oh. evidence in the Arkley Laboratory in the Military Training Center indicates that the T-virus is capable of spreading as an airborne pathogen in unspecified laboratory conditions. So I'm sure something specific has to be met for it to become that way. Mm-hmm. I think that's might have how it spread in the first movie. I was going to say, that's definitely it. All right. So now we're going to talk about vaccines. Hey, vaccines are real. Yes. So get them if they offer them. Yeah, please. So there was a vaccine created by the Raccoon General Hospital uh, when the city first had its outbreak. Infected patients were flooding into the hospital, so the staff was desperately trying to care for them and ended up creating a vaccine to halt the outbreak. Though they did successfully let end up synthesizing one of them, it ended up being too late, and basically all the staff at that point had turned into zombies oh. and before they could use it. Yeah, that's it a does fun. come in handy though because the only known sample that they did end up synthesizing ends up treating Jill, a former star's officer from Resident Evil Three. She mm-hmm. does get infected, and as Carlos, you have to go. Get it to save her. So yeah, so the one the one vaccine that they knew was synthesized ended up being used and worked in Angela's as far as I know. Anyways, so later on after Raccoon City outbreak happened, the T vaccine ended up being commercial level produced by so years later, mm-hmm. raccoons blown up, but they know this is like a thing, so they end up commercially producing this vaccine so people don't get the T-virus. And it is produced by the Will Farmer Corporation, Hmm. which is basically just Umbrella Corp 2.0. Yeah. 
And it was introduced in one of the CGI movies starring Leon Kennedy and Claire Redfield called Resident Evil Degeneration. I think it was the first CGI movie. Vertical that they integration. Had. We create this virus and then we sell you the thing. Yeah. So they, yeah, so basically. And they were basically there, their front was to fight bioterrorism in 2005. Huh. So all but one sample of the. T-vaccine ends up getting destroyed in an act of sabotage by its creator, Dr. Frederick Downing, because he was basically just selling it to bioterrorists, you know, umbrella version 2.0. I to make a profit on this. <laughs> basically. And-, and then he was arrested by the police and um, before he could sell the sample and then it ended up being destroyed. There was like explosions and stuff, you know. And it was Leon was there, and Claire was there, and they were like, "We didn't both mean to be here. How are we going through a fucking T virus thing together again?" Randomly, Leon S. Kennedy. And so, no matter the outbreak, no vaccine ever really seemed to be used, and they usually just ended up dealing with the problem by basically blowing up the place that was infected. Good idea. Yeah. So Raccoon got blown up. I'm pretty sure the island that Leon was on in Spain got blown up. Pretty sure in that movie, wherever that facility was in that airport got blown up. So they're basically like, let's just blow places up. <laughs> what if we set it on fire? It's probably fine. That's probably going to take care of Basically how the U.S. government handles things. Let's blow shit up. Anyways, like I mentioned earlier, there are many different strains of the virus. I don't think that the basic T-virus is what they're using in the new games now. I don't know. I don't really play them. But, you know, I wanted to feel a little bit like an epidemiologist for about 25 minutes. So I want to talk about the deadly T-virus of Resident Evil. I hate you so much. (laughs) (laughs) And that is the T-virus. That is what started Resident Evil. Yeah. Yeah. So if you haven't played Resident Evil, it's a good survivor horror game. Mm Mm-hmm. If you need a zombication, you should talk to your zombie travel agent. (laughs) I hate you. But anyways, thank you everyone joining us for episode eight already. Yeah. We do have some exciting stuff in the works, so stay tuned as soon as we get our fucking lives together. We're Not trying. that we're doing anything, because both of us aren't working in quarantine, but it's still a lot. But um do remember we are on uh, Insta. Fuck. Can you please just let me talk? <laughs> we are on where we go through Podbean, but we are also on the um, iTunes podcast and on Spotify. So if you can, you know, rate, review, follow, five stars, all that great. good stuff. Give us a comment. And we are on Instagram, which is just, but first, let's talk nerdy. And of course, our email is but first, let's talk nerdy at yahoo.com. Mm-hmm. If you watch Defending Jacob, please email me. I want to talk about it. But anyways, <laughs> everyone, stay safe. Wear a mask. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. And we'll see you next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday.